The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so that they can go to the surrounding villages and farms and find lodgings and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. And he said to them, Give them some food yourselves. And they replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have, unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men, they're numbered about 5,000. And then he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. And then, taking the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled 12 wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are some words that we instinctively don't want to hear, such as, I don't love you anymore, or worse still, get out and never come back. Those are words which cannot come from the mouth of God. From us, but not from God. And we have said them. We have said them to God. But God will not accept them. That, in a sense, was the original sin, our first parents saying, get out and never come back. I'm sufficient to myself. We are like gods. Serpent said, we will be as you. And so they drove God out and drove themselves out, as the scriptures say, of the garden. But God wouldn't leave. 
he would come back. And so we have Abel, who responded. And then the depravity of humanity, and we have Noah, and Abraham, and Moses. And God forms a people, his own people. They will respond to him. But they too will say, <clears throat> at some point, get out and never come back. We have new gods now. We don't need you anymore. And God then will send the prophets. The prophets will call them back. For a while they will come, and once again they will tell God to get out. As our world does. Get out and never come back. We have our own gods. We don't need you any longer. And so God finally then comes into his world. Instead of destroying it and making a new creation that was a perfect one, we have an incarnation. He becomes one of us. God walks the earth. So what do his people do? Love him? Very few. What will we do? I've said this before. What else can we do? He must be arrested, convicted, and crucified. The world will say once more, get out and never come back. Except that he is coming back, and he does. Uh, he comes back in a way that would be unimaginable. He now comes to us in the reality of himself and of his church. And so we embrace him if we are willing to do so. Because God wants his people. God will not stay away because love will not stay away. You and I might do that. We might say that and mean it. We might stay away if we were told, but God will not. As long as we draw breath, he will keep coming to us to draw us back to himself. The more we drive him away, the more he wants to return. And so he gives us his church. He gives us the reality of his love. And we then uh, may accept that. But we don't always, do we? There are times when we do what our first parents did. There are times when we do what humanity has done from the beginning. And then there are times when we don't. Think of it for a moment. When we go to confession... What are we really saying to God? I'm sorry? Yes, but more than that. Especially in the case of serious sin, we are saying, come back. I told you to get out and not to return, but please come back. I'm sorry for what I've done. Come back and fill me. We're begging God to come back to us. And God always does. We wouldn't do that, perhaps, but God does. When we beg him to return, to fill us with his grace again, to fill us with his life, when we, when we beg the Trinity to come and dwell in us again, God does because of that great love. And then, of course, there's something even greater. That's not enough for God either, is it? 
Today, as we know, is Corpus Christi. When God comes back, God comes back and means it. You know, this is an intimacy about which I've spoken many times, and most of my homilies come back to the Eucharist, uh, quite naturally, because this is God saying, you may push me away, but you will not be able to actually keep me away. I will come into my world, and I will not leave my world. You know, there's a great story. I may have mentioned this before. You may have read the book. It's a great book called Mr. Blue. I think it's still being published. I highly recommend it. It was written by a man called Miles Conley and published in 1929. The story of a rather unusual man, a saint, a mystic, a strange man who walks around the streets of New York and Boston and at one point he tells his friend a story about a movie he would like to make and the movie is this he speaks of the world as it will be a world without God There is one government of the world, the international government of the world. And all humanity are slaves of the government. They go about their business, blind-eyed, day in, day out, without any sparkle. They have no sense of anything. They have lost all hope. They simply keep moving. God has been driven out, and the last priest has been shot. So there's no longer any need to fear the presence of God until a strange man comes into that world. A man who seems to be doing the same things everybody else is, except there's a different look in his eyes, a twinkle, a brightness, as though there was something more going on in his head than just the work of a slave. On his day off, the one day off the government allows him, he wanders outside the city and goes out into the country. No one knows quite why, Actually, he's planting something in the ground. At one point, he comes back into the city with a package. He climbs up to the top of the highest building, opens the package, takes out a small gold cup and a small gold plate, and from the package takes out a small round piece of bread and a container of wine and begins to celebrate Mass again, saying, I will bring God back to earth. I will bring God back to earth. The last priest was not dead, and so he begins. And all of a sudden, the people realize that he is there, and they all attack that building to destroy him because of what he's doing. At the words of consecration, there is a blinding flash, and the world comes to an end. A pleasant story. Dramatic, isn't it? But God is about to come back to earth. We are going to bring him back to earth. He's already here in the tabernacle always. It's through this action that we bring him back to his people. Whatever we may have done to force him out, he will come back because of what we are about to do. And that's happening throughout the world. 
everywhere the Mass is celebrated, God is coming back to earth. The God whom we've tried to drive out and keep out, told him to stay away. He will come back because it's his world. He redeemed it with his own blood. He owns it. He's destroyed sin and death, and he only asks us to return to him. So, today, we will recognize God coming back to earth. We'll be changed by that. We'll be different people because of what we have seen. Because, for us, it's not enough for God to come back, is it? No, no, it isn't. We want to touch him. We want to hold him. We want to consume him. And so God allows us to do that. That's why he's come. Not to just let us know that he can come back, but because love does that. And only God's love would do such a thing as that. So, we thank you, Lord, for coming back to earth and coming back to us. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you, the people redeemed by the blood of your Son, and trusting in your love and mercy. For all of our people in the service, armed forces, who have given their lives for the sake of their country, for those who are still with us, who have sacrificed for our freedom, we pray to the Lord. For the church throughout the world, that through the Eucharist her members will always be visible signs of Jesus Christ present in the midst of his people, especially the church suffering and the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, they may come to know Jesus Christ in his church and in his body and blood. For all those running for public office, that they will be people of virtue and wisdom. And for peace, we pray to the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, that they will find consolation in the Eucharist. For those who suffer from spiritual or mental illness. For those who are greatly tempted. For those who have lost the faith and wandered away from Jesus Christ and his body and blood. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially to priesthood, and those young men who will give their lives for the sake of the kingdom of God, who will bring God back to earth for the people of God and for his church. For greater reverence for marriage and for the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, for the American hierarchy, that the Eucharist will always be the center of their lives, that they will be visible signs of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. For all those, for our two deacons preparing for ordination, Michael Schutz and John Cain, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all those who have graduated or are graduating, especially our own parishioners, that they too will be 
will always grow in the grace of the Eucharist that they have received. We pray to the Lord. For all those traveling at this time, that they will travel safely and return safely, we pray to the Lord. And for all of us here, that the Eucharist we receive will in fact transform this community uh, into a truly missionary society and a missionary world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of the Church and the Mother of the Eucharist as we sing. Mm -hmm. 